Most listeners of this podcast uh, will already know Spend Matters. Jason Bush founded Spend Matters in 2004, which is almost ancient history in blog terms. Jason has a razor-sharp analytical mind and a capacity for writing insightful commentary that I find quite astonishing. So it was really good to catch up with him for a virtual coffee a couple of weeks ago. We had a long chat. We covered Spend Matters Pro, the new subscription-based service from Spend Matters. And we also talked about supply chain finance, uh, supplier engagement, And Jason gives his own personal insight into what he calls the biggest danger to small business. Some time off in the summer uh, to 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 relax. Was that good? Yes, thanks, Pete. Had a really uh, a really good summer. It was good to kind of clear my head, spend some time in some open air, get outside the city, um, have a chance to do some writing without the daily constraints. You know, as you know, of client deadlines, of uh, paper deadlines, of blog deadlines. So, really refreshing. But I was kind of shocked. And I actually wrote a quick piece on this when I got back. How rusty the brain gets quickly. It's funny. You kind of think of the Olympic athletes in London, and you know they're primed for the games. They're all ready, and uh, you know they go do it. But if the athletes don't work out for a few weeks, you actually lose a tremendous amount. And the same is true of being out of you know being out of the workplace. I, I was shocked. It took me. Maybe it's just that I'm getting old, or, or I had too much red wine on vacation. But it took a few weeks to really get back in the groove. But um, now that we're working hard, it's all great stuff, and uh, really excited for where we're headed, and uh, really excited to examine you know with you and others the purchase to, to pay market going into 2013. There's just so much happening. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it really is an exciting time. I, I quite genuinely um, compare the current state of the market with the late 90s and the, uh, the middle of the dot-com boom. There's some things that is happening now which is just as exciting. Um, I, as you know, I'm a big fan of uh, spend matters, and I've watched with interest uh, how you've evolved over the last 12 months, and particularly the uh, Spend Matters Pro. That's a really interesting move. How how's that going? You know, we're just a handful of months into it, but it's going great. Um, I think we've signed up something like 50 organizations so far, a few hundred active users on it, and you know, we would love to double every month right now. Um, whether we'll keep that pace throughout 2013, I don't know, but we really think there's a huge market need for better procurement research. And I say procurement, but you know, we cover things on the periphery of it as well. So certainly getting into, uh, you know, direct materials and the design engineering side and how that impacts cost. Getting into AP, uh, getting into treasury, especially in such areas as purchase to pay um, and the impact on the broader organization around working capital, uh, around, you know, looking, looking at receivables um, uh, in, in terms of uh, different options on, on the supply side and obviously payables. Um, on the buy side, opportunities to capture discounts um, and even more creative strategies and getting in even to some HR-like issues around contingent labor and services procurement. And we see the market really has not been covered from a research standpoint. And, um, you know, we could argue over the nuances of what that means, but we don't consider, you know, the historical industry analysts writing yearly reports and putting, you know, little dots to represent where vendors belong covering the market. 
that can be helpful in creating, in creating short lists, but it doesn't give you intelligence. And it doesn't give you opinion. Uh, we've got eight people working on Pro every week who are experts in, the, in their areas. And the opinion shines through. And I think historically, in, in industry analyst research, the analysts have been afraid to have opinions. And in some cases, in the worst of cases, it's because they really don't know what they're writing about. Maybe they've been a practitioner for a couple of years and dabbled in technology. Um, you know, maybe they're just young MBAs who are getting into it. I think in the best of cases with the analysts, you've got fabulous folks who really know their stuff, but the intelligence, the, the depth, um, only comes through based on how the firm wants to present it, which is typically through services, consulting, advisory, and the research is greatly distilled and greatly edited and very infrequent. So with Pro, we see a chance to completely dominate the market for procurement-related research. Um, and again, you know, we will go after things on the periphery, um, but we're growing. We hope to bring on some phenomenal new senior talent this fall. And uh, you know, we, we, we make no apologies about being a publishing model first. Uh, we think people want to consume content. Um, you know, publishing is kind of a broad phrase, right? So publishing for us is blog posts, it's research papers, it's podcasts, it's video. Um, you know, we're not going to become uh, a research firm kind of masquerading and making our money off of events, for example. Events are a great market. We speak at a bunch of them. We love the folks who do them, but our business is publishing, and we think people want good content to make better decisions. So that's our focus with Pro, and we're really excited about where it's going. Yeah, I'm impressed with, uh, with, with uh, what I've seen so far. It, it's really interesting what you say about publishing. Uh, there's been a lot said over the years about mainstream publishers and the effect of, of uh, uh, blogs and the internet and so on. But what we see, certainly what I see, is this having quite a dramatic effect when you get down into these narrow niches of business. So you know, procurement is quite a narrow niche. Uh, purchase to pay is quite a narrow niche. But historically, professionals in those areas, if they wanted to consume content about their job, about their life, they'd have to subscribe to maybe 20 journals and be lucky to find a couple of column inches. Uh, but now with the emergence of expert bloggers, um, they can get their specialist content and they know exactly where to get it. And I think this model that you've pioneered um, and the purchasing insight is a part of is, uh, is really changing things quite, quite dramatically. Yeah, I mean, I like to think of the internet as having a huge flattening effect. And it used to be, and I go back to when I was a consultant in this space, and I won't date myself as much as some, but that was uh, almost 20 years ago now. I was, I was wet behind the ears out of college and grad school. And how do we get our information? We did a lot of interviews. Um, I think we subscribed to Gartner at the time. Um, but these were expensive subscriptions. We, and we saw what our clients had. And now, anybody can go online and get information. I mean, one of our biggest challenges with Pro, and I'll be candid, is we've gotten feedback from organizations who say, why would I pay for a research service from Spend Matters? I get everything I need on the free site. And we kind of smile and we say, you're seeing 10% of it. How, how, how do you know that's everything you need? You know, check it out for a week and, and see what you think. Um, so the fact that people can log on, a, a smaller, medium-sized business can log on and get better information from Spend Matters, from Purchasing Insight, uh, from... Um, uh, you know, sourcing innovation from Bob Ferrari's blog on supply chain. I mean, these are all awesome sites, and they're free. Um, now, 
obviously old models are adapting to this world and, and one of my favorite examples in procurement is Mickey Northriza who was a phenomenal analyst at AMR and then Gartner has gone over to the dark side on the vendor world but she's writing a great blog on, on her own so you know the fact that this information is out there and how we consume it and the fact it's available in general I think it's just a great thing for the sharing of information uh, it's definitely an exciting time Absolutely. You mentioned something a little bit earlier about getting into the periphery of things like procurement and you mentioned treasury and discounting it and so on. This is something I'm really excited about. Um, I can see this being the next big thing. Um, I, I, really, I really mean that. What, what's your view on, on the growth of um, supply chain finance? I'd like to step back for a second and say let's take this category of what used to be looked at um, as you know, simply bottom line results, right? So procurement gave bottom line results, whether that was through driving sourcing savings, whether it was through driving uh, you know, purchasing compliance, um, with, whether it was through getting you know, uh, 200 basis points, 300 basis points of a supply base to accept a discount, versus obviously you know, everyone drive a lot higher than that today. Um, but if we take a step back and we look at the bigger picture, there's huge opportunity for the buy side of the business, Treasury AP included, supply chain included, to look at, at revenue generating top line activity and how they can contribute. And one of the really exciting pieces of supply chain finance comes to not just looking at discounts, um, but how some firms have even gone so far as, as getting you know the accounting blessing to reclassify a discount through a black box as revenue. Fascinating stuff. Um, I was talking to one organization yesterday uh, who is doing, I can't get into too much detail on this, but is not focused on sourcing pricing so much. They're, they're dictating to their suppliers what price they're going to pay um, based on uh, you know making sure the supplier makes a decent margin but and, and should cost analysis, but they're looking at uh, volume-based rebates back to them based on how much they spend in throughput and being able to book that as income. So the, the area of supply chain finance to me is, is this whole broader piece of looking both at, at, inefficient, at inefficiencies you know, within payment in the supply chain. I run a small business. You know, We've got many employees growing fast. Uh, the biggest danger for a small and medium-sized business growing um, is growing at 50% and running out of cash. So, you know, for us, you know, being on the other side of that, get, getting paid early, taking a discount, taking a credit card payment, we love to do it. You know, cash is our lifeblood. But if you look at the broader picture on the buy side, it's not just about, you know, putting, putting your balance sheet to work. It's not just about, you know, taking working capital out of the business potentially by extending payment terms. Um, it's about really looking at how do we drive the top line as well through supply chain finance practices, through better sourcing practices, through getting in, helping with design engineering on the supply chain side as well to build better products uh, and from the ground up based on procurement data, based on supplier data. So I know you are extremely um, you know, finance driven uh, based, based on your background, Pete, and what you do. I take a step back on the supply chain financing and say, hey, this is part of a bigger whole. This is part of where this whole sector is going in terms of broader role for buy side. Absolutely. And I, I see it as being very much an opportunity for buyers to engage more closely with, with, with their supply base. 
Um, I, I know that buyers claim they engage closer with and manage supply relationships, but it's uh, it's usually kind of fairly combative, and things like supplier adoption efforts are not kind of, it's just a numbers game. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I think... So I, I will approach this from two perspectives, Pete. One is the perspective, you know, that, that the two, you know, two of us share as as bloggers, analysts, as researchers, writer. The other, again, is as owner of small business, on the other side of the equation. So I'll, so I will adopt the first half first, which says, you know, we've done a ton of research on the matter, and when it comes to supplier adoption for invoicing, for supplier management, for procurement. You know, whatever you know, you name it. There's never a one-size-fits-all solution, and and you know, I think so many companies, so many consultants who've recommended approaches have kind of gone after a one-size-fits-all. I think the best approaches we see in practice um, have some elements of handholding. They, uh, for example, on the invoicing side, do not assume every supplier wants to transact. You know, with a direct connect via and, and, and the invoice. Some people still like to you know, put things in the mail. Some people still like to email invoices. Um, some people are more comfortable, you know, out of QuickBooks or, or, or Dynamics um, or JD Edwards, you know, printing, printing uh, an invoice which goes into another system, kind of the virtual printer approach. I mean, there is no one size fits all, and, and I think that's, you know, the one learning. I know it's it's uber high level to talk that way, but. Uh, Hammering that home, the two of us have got a huge job in doing, and I think it's, it's critical. The second second piece is, is, as a small business owner, how do you get small businesses, medium-sized businesses, to go online and truly embrace, embrace e-invoicing in other areas? You've got to make it worth their while. Um, different companies have gone about this in, in different ways. I think the supply chain finance hook is a great one. You know, we, we would jump at the opportunity to get paid early consistently, and you know, would pay something for that. Um, you know, we would jump at the opportunity to understand where we were in the queue from a status and payment standpoint if, if a buying organization made that available to us. We would, you know, jump at being able to register once so we don't have to register in a supplier onboarding system for the same client multiple times, which happens frequently. We've been onboarded by and by the same client many times in different systems and different divisions, let alone across a supplier network. So... Uh, I really think one of the major challenges is organizations on the procurement side, on the AP side, don't think about the supplier value proposition uh, enough. And, you know, you've got, again, so many approaches for onboarding them, but if you truly want to get them electronically enabled, you've got to put yourself in their shoes, you've got to be empathetic, and you've got to work backwards from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, uh, I, I'm, in that respect, I'm a, a quite a fan of the trade shift. We've brought the simplicity of Twitter to, to e-invoicing, and it really is about recognizing this has to be this has to be so simple. Um, it cannot be highly proprietary, it has to be reliable, and it has to be a simple sign of it. But you know what? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm with you, but I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to say, let's look on the continuum. OB10 is, is the other half. You, you know, they've got what amounts to a supplier recruitment call center type environment. You need that too. Um, you know, I respect what TradeShift has done, but there's a continuum here. And getting back to that one-size-fits-all argument, you can't accept just because somebody's real and rebuilt a contact management system and you can build campaigns that people are going to open. You know, what about things going to spam? Phone calls count. 
recruiting suppliers count too. And I just think it's so critical for the market and you know the folks we educate making buying decisions and the, the consultants to advise them to realize there is no one-size-fits-all solution. You know, we can get enamored of what Trade Shift and others have done. I certainly respect it and like it too. But there's a continuum here, and you've got to embrace different approaches.